This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Now that's a first series of the year in the books, baby. And it's a victory. Three out of four for the New York Mets. We've got a victory edition of the Rico Bronia. I apologize. I'm on location. I don't even want to explain where I am. It's way too complicated. The bottom line is I'm not in New York. I'm in my car pulled over on the side of the highway. But like the old Mike and the Mad Dog theme would say, they'll get you the sports any way that they can. We get you the Rico any way that we can. So I apologize. But very good weekend. Mets win three out of four against the Marlins, obviously. We did a Rico right after opening day, so we won't spend too much time on that game. But we'll certainly talk about the other three games. The first thing I want to know, because I didn't do it, and I know some of my fellow Met fans did. I know that my longtime radio partner, Joe Beningo, did it. And that is overreact to what happened on Friday night. Was there overreaction, Pete? Did you overreact? Were you basically saying, oh, the offense sucks. This is what we've been worried about. Billy Epler should be fired. They have no right-handed DH. Everybody sucks. Like, I noticed that on social media. I noticed that from Joe. I noticed that from some of my friends on my Mets text chat. Were you overreacting to the second game of the year, Pete? I was disappointed I didn't overreact. I didn't think the sky was falling. The con- the concern that we do have was, was highlighted. Again, right-handed DH. What's going on there? So, yeah, I, I was a little upset about it. but and, and then not to mention between that and the Rangers losing. So I was like, oh, this is a bad, bad <laughs> Friday night. But, no, I was not overreacting to, to the second game of the season. I went the other way, actually. <laughs> okay. The, the second game of the year sucked, right? And I actually, let's start with the Friday game. We'll talk about all three games. We'll look ahead to the Milwaukee series. We'll talk about how Brett Beatty has exerted some major pressure on Eduardo Escobar. Obviously, the debut of Kodai Senga. But the reason why Friday for me, I wasn't crazy despite the Mets scoring no runs until the ninth inning when Pete Alonso hit that home run right after John Curtis gave up the insurance home run to Jazz Chisholm. So it was a, a typical frustrating game 
when you finally break through and score, it's basically an inning too late because your bullpen gave up a run. The reason why I wasn't like overly concerned is I look back at that game and the New York Mets lost because the Miami Marlins played great defense. I mean, think about it. Think about a few moments in this game. Pete Alonso in the second inning drives one against Jesus Lazardo to deep right center field. And here's Jorge Soler making a leaping catch. And by the way, the beauty of Jorge Soler, who won this game single-handedly for the Marlins, is he made two incredible plays defensively and then DH'd for the rest of the series. <laughs> so the one guy who stuck it to the Mets defensively never even got a chance to play defense on Saturday and Sunday. But he makes the incredible catch against Pete Alonso. He makes really the play of the game when the Mets had a runner on second base with two outs and Starling Marte hits that line drive to right field. It looks like it's going to tie the game, and he makes another diving catch. There was also, I think, one other diving play in this play, in this game. Uh, the Marlins played good defense, and which, which makes no sense because at least in the early going, you would figure with so many guys out of position, the Marlins will struggle defensively. It felt like one of those games – and you're going to have a bunch of these throughout a regular season where you're almost just predestined to lose. Everything went against you. You hit a couple of hard-hit balls. It didn't work out for you. You failed in clutch situations. Pete Alonso tapping out when the Mets had a guy on base in the fourth inning was one spot. Uh, they had, obviously, the bases loaded in the sixth when Alonso flied out uh, to end the sixth inning against. I think it was Chargeois who came in the game. So the game sucked. Like, I'm not here to tell you it wasn't frustrating but I walked away from it thinking to myself all right it's one game the Marlins made every play defensively I thought David Peterson was really good so I took that positive out Tommy Hunter comes out of the bullpen he looks really good the one negative was John Curtis giving up the Jazz Chisholm home run and I don't know I wasn't really that I'm disappointed they lost but I wasn't like disgusted or panicking and then I kind of get the sense on social media and from my man Joe at 10 a.m. on Saturday, this offense isn't any good. This lineup's not any good. This team's not any good. It was the second freaking game of the season. Now, obviously, they went out and lose three out of four to the Marlins and don't score any runs. I still wouldn't panic, but I would understand it more. But losing the second game of the year, even as bad as they looked offensively, was no reason to panic. And I certainly noticed a little bit of that after just the second game of the season. So I will I will disagree with you on this one thing. I didn't think Peterson pitched all that great. I think the defense by the Mets got him out of a ton of jams. I think the defense, and that's kind of what I took out of the Friday game, where it's like, you're going to have those games. The Marlins actually played a crappy defense all weekend long. I mean, they looked lost. Chisholm couldn't make catches. Segura's tripping over to shortstop and out, you know, trying to catch a ball out going to left field. It, it, it was a sloppy defense by the Marlins, except for Friday. They played a tight game. With the Mets. Right. And the Mets played just as tight, too. I mean, Alonzo was making snabs at first base. McNeil made that great heads of play to get the uh, runner out at home after it hit off Alonzo's glove. Lindor's making plays. So overall, where I, I don't think Peterson pitched well, but the defense looked stellar okay. by the Mets. The defense was great. I thought Francisco Lindor had a tremendous defensive weekend. Lindor's been open about how he's kind of glad the shift is gone because it's going to show off more of the athleticism of middle infielders. Lindor backed it up the first weekend of the year. So they absolutely played great defense on Friday. But here's why you're dead wrong. And I guess this is the thing I love. Uh, DeGrom used to do this all the time. 
when you don't have your best stuff and there are guys on base, can you make the big pitch when you need to? Take a look at what David Peterson did Friday. First inning, gives up the triple to Garrett Cooper. That shouldn't have been a triple. That was Starling Marte dropping that ball in right field. There's a runner on third. There's two outs. He gets Chaz Chisholm to tap back to the mound. Second inning, gives up the home run to Soler. Okay, you're down one nothing. He puts two guys on base in a row, Gurriel and Fortes. Two on, one out. Peterson's on the ropes. He strikes out John Birdie. He gets a rise, who the Mets basically never got out this entire weekend, to ground out to first base. Same thing in the third inning. Puts a guy on base, gets a huge strike out of Jazz Chisholm before Lindor makes that great leaping catch. Then in the fifth inning, I thought this was his most impressive work. He puts the first two guys on base. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. There's two on and nobody out. Gene Segura is giving you a hell of an at-bat. I thought the game was going to be broken open right there. It's a nine-pitch at-bat. He strikes out Segura then gives up a base hit to Garrett Cooper, and then you get that play or on the base hit to Garrett Cooper. I think it was McNeil makes the great play at home to cut down the lead run. So you're right. The defense certainly backed him up. But then after that, he gets Jazz Chisholm to tap out the first base. So what Peterson did, even though he put nine guys on base over five innings, no doubt, I'm not telling you he dominated, but he was able to show balls make the big pitch when he needed to. And sometimes you just got to judge somebody based on the results. He gave up one run in five innings. I'll ask you this question. What's a better performance? What we saw from Peterson on Friday, where you're putting a ton of guys on base, but you're making the big pitch when you need to. And yeah, your defense is helping you out. I certainly acknowledge that. Or a guy who dominates, but in his last inning of work, gives up a three-run home run. I'm not picking on anybody in particular, but I'm saying it's just about results. He gave up one freaking run. He kept him in the game. So I, and I understand your point, and I will, I will ride with it, and I'll say you're right. That to be able to battle through, I will take that rather than blowing up in that last inning and give up a game-winning home run or whatever. However, I will say this. You compared him to the Grom. The Grom has that track record of dominating, 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 and then we have those off games where he still battles and gets through it. That was a best Peterson's version of DeGrom battling. However, we haven't seen the domination from Peterson. And that's no. where I need to see before I start giving him a lot of credit. No, no, I'm giving him credit for one game. All right. He kept them in the game. They had a chance to win that game. If they were ever able to muster up a big hit and they didn't have a lot of opportunities, I guess the Alonzo bases loaded situation is the one that jumps out at you. And we mentioned Jorge Soler made two incredible plays, specifically the one against Marte because the one against Alonzo early may not lead to anything. You never know. The one with Marte ties the game up. That is a tie baseball game going into the bottom of the eighth inning. And, and who knows? The same result could happen. John Curtis can give up a home run to Jazz Chisholm. And who the hell knows? Mets may still lose. But that Marte line drive was the baseball game. You know, Jorge Soler made a great play. It is funny. The Marlins defensively overall weren't great, but they made a lot of key defensive plays throughout this series. I think we saw it catch up to them by Sunday 
uh, the Kodai Senga game when Jazz Chisholm is basically letting a line drive go right past them. <laughs> but what was interesting about the first game of this series, is, or I'm sorry, this first game that we're talking about, the Friday night game, game two of this series, is it's our first example, and we had two in this series, we'll get one more in the Brewers series, of how Buck is going to handle his lineup against a left-handed pitcher. So what we saw, and this is why we're not going to be able to define DH performance by looking at DH numbers, is that Mark Canna DH'd both games against lefties, the Friday game, the Sunday game. But he's not being added to the lineup. The guy who's being added to the lineup is Tommy Pham. So that's the guy we have to look at. We always knew, because Pham's good defensively, and because you may want to get Tim LaCastro in the games, that the right-handed DH isn't going to be a singular person. It's going to be a guy getting into the lineup and then Canada DHs. And I think as this week goes on, we'll see it in the Brewers series, we may see a game in which uh, Starling Marte DHs or Brandon Immo DHs or even Francisco Lindor DHs. But we saw Tommy Pham inserted into both games. Game one, he goes 0 for 2, and everybody's cursing him out. It's a continuation of spring training. He sucks. This is your right-handed option. It's the end of the world. By Sunday, we got guys picking up Tommy Pham for their fantasy team. I know Pete already did that. He's like, let me go pick this up. <laughs> Listen, uh, I, I, and here's the funny thing is, though, like you said, he's the quote-unquote the guy that's being replaced or put in for the DH, but he still not didn't get a home run as a DH. <laughs> like, that's the thing that boggles my mind. Kind of plays DH two days. And he doesn't get a home run as a DH, but he gets a home run when he, uh, you know, he's playing the outfield. That's why we're going to be very careful on the Rico when we analyze the right-handed DH stats. It's actually not going to be the right-handed DH stats. It's going to be the guy who's playing because there's a lefty on the mound. So to me, when I look at Friday's game and I look at Sunday's game, it's not Mark Canna, the DH. It's how did Tommy Pham do? On Friday, Tommy Pham was 0 for 2. On Sunday, Tommy Pham was Roberto Clemente. We saw how Buck used his bench. Daniel Vogelback, he's your pinch hitter in the eighth inning. He actually came through with a double. Luis Guillerme is your pinch hitter for fam in the eighth inning once the Marlins go to a right-handed pitcher so that you can get those left-handed bats in there. Uh, Omar Narvaez is hitting, though. So you may have to start considering Narvaez as one of the bats you use. It's early, so we don't want to get nuts about it, but we did see him go... Guillerme for Fam in the eighth inning. He grounded out. Vogelback for Nito in the eighth inning. He actually doubled, and that was the setup before Starling Marte lined out. So Friday, uh, disappointing loss. The offense does nothing. The game takes two hours and nine minutes. <laughs> which you have to admit, if you're going to lose a game in which you can't freaking hit, wouldn't you rather lose in two hours and nine minutes as opposed to three hours and nine minutes? You have to admit that. Yeah, it, the game's flying. It's good, but you you can't you you actually can't get up and walk around. You can't like take a break. You actually have to be locked in, and that's a, I'm going to tell you right now. It's actually a negative. It's actually a negative that there's it's at, the pace is so quick because you don't have to. Like I went to the game on on Thursday, the Yankee game, and I stepped away to take my kid to a, get a hot dog. I missed like three innings. It, it the the pace is flying. It is, but you got to remember, this is the pace of baseball the way it used to be. So it's not some weird abnormal pace that we've never seen before. This is the way the game used to fly, let's say, 20 years ago. 